Welcome to the Renew Life Church Podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope this message encourages you. Hello, Church of God family. We are family. We have the same father, different mothers. My name is, you heard Ed Trout, T-R-A-U-T, not quite a fish. I have one wife for 43 years, and I have three children and nine grandchildren. I was born in Cape Town, South Africa. My mother is a German Jew exiled the Holocaust on a refugee ship that brought her to Cape Town. So I'm what's known as a born-again Jewish African-American. <laughs> Ain't nothing like the real thing, baby. <laughs> All right, I live in San Antonio for 22 years now, so I'm as Texan as y'all, I think. <laughs> so... Um, uh, I'm very glad to be here. I, this is a very significant church and a very significant leadership. I'm very, ex- I'm genuinely excited. I don't say this everywhere I go. I was uh, called to be a pastor at a very young age. I got saved when I was 13. Good uh, morning again. Five Sundays in a row, they preached the hell out of me. And uh, <clears throat> I, was a, I was a young pastor already in South Africa, and then God called me to the prophetic ministry out of that for 30, 37 years ago, and that's what I've done for 37 years, every day of my life. I average about 28 church meetings a month, and that's besides the, the personal coaching and the encounters that I do to teach people and transfer this prophetic gift. There's always been some strange stuff out there, and I'm, I'm very much a believer of the Bible and local church, and so I try to advance people in a correct, healthy, balanced way. And the, my newest, I have quite a bit of product out there, but you can go on our website and download anything. I also have my newest book here on interpreting dreams. Everybody dreams. Everybody dreams. And God speaks in dreams. And people ask me all the time, what does this dream mean? And I got very tired of it. So I wrote this book. <laughs> really, I'm, everybody, I mean, pastors all over the world keep asking, you've got to interpret this dream. I don't have time for that. So I teach you how to, I give you the pattern of the dream in your life, or you're dreaming for yourself. You don't even have to be saved to dream. Pontius Pilate's wife dreamt about Jesus and told Pilate have nothing to do with Jesus. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar dreamt the king Pharaoh's dream. God speaks in dreams. And in the part of this book is a dictionary too to help you and look up some of the things and see what they mean. So please, it is required reading before we go into heaven. So please don't leave here today without it. <laughs> I'm Jewish. What can I tell you? All right. <laughs> if you'll turn your Bibles to the book of Luke chapter 22. Für dem Deutsch reden können, heißt das Lukas Kapitel 22. Gibt da jemand Deutsch können? Jemand? Jemand? Wer, wer, wo bist du? Hat jemand gesagt? Nein. No one speaks German yet. It's terrible. No Germans. Not one German in Midland. Ein bisschen. Wo hast du Deutsch gelernt? Okay, in Schule. Okay, gut. Freut mich. That's how you all speak when you go to heaven. You didn't know that? All right. So, I will not teach the same thing in both meetings, so please, if you want to stay, feel free to stay in the next meeting. Uh, the, so, if you'll turn your Bibles to Luke, as I said, uh, chapter 22 and verse 31, these are the words of our Lord Jesus speaking to one of the disciples called Simon. He said, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you. Simon, that your faith would not fail. And when you turn back, strengthen your brethren. A very strange thing to say towards the end of his ministry to Simon. And how did you know that the devil has asked to sift them? How do you know that? Because he's very aware of what happens in the courts of heaven. And 
in the throne room, and the devil seems to have access to that, and he is the accuser of the brethren. That's what he does. He accuses. And you're sitting here today, and you are extremely valuable to God. Unlike any angel, you have great importance to the Lord. Not one angel that left him, rebelled against him, fell, was worth saving. Not one. But you were to die for. He gave his only son because you were that important. And you're so special, and this is the reason why. All the angelic beings he made and created for a service, but you, he didn't create the way he created them. In fact, he took his own God, his own DNA, and reproduced himself. We are made in his image. What you see in the mirror is only a house. Who you really are is a spirit living in a body with a soul. And you are in God's image, and God powers us on the planet so that we would have time and gently ease us into a relationship with him on a daily basis. He came in the cool of the day to spend time with Adam and Eve because we are that important to God. He wants to have relationship with us. Now, the devil and a third of the angels had sinned once by rebelling against God, and a lake of fire waits for them. Now, you've sinned more than once this week. And you are redeemed. That's why the redeemed the Lord should say so. Because Jesus said you were that important. He had to die for you. And he keeps on fighting for you. Now here's Peter who God chose as he chose you. Because none of you are here by accident. Not one of you. You may not like living in this city. You may not like so many things of your life. But you are exactly where God has brought you. God is far more in control than you think he is. You know Pontius Pilate said to Jesus. That's what Pilate said when he was being tried. He said, speak up. You know of the power of life and death over you. And Jesus, your Lord and Savior and mine, said, you have nothing except the Father give it to you. He understood who the boss was. The boss of your life is actually God. So you can quit your whining. And you can start finding what, and search for the Lord and find out what God has really got in your life, what he's got planned for you. So Jesus tells, tells Simon, he says, the devil has asked to sift you. And why? Because he hates you. hates everything about you. You'll find any kind of area to attack you, to bring you down. You're a constant target. And I prayed for you, Jesus said, and I'm so grateful he prayed. I am so grateful. What did you pray, Jesus? I prayed your faith would not fail. My, my, my faith? You're not going to pray the devil will not overcome me or I'll beat the devil down or something? My faith? Yes, because when the devil attacks you, He's not after your money, your house, your marriage, your health. Your, what he's really after is your faith. He's thinking, what must I do to you to make you not believe there's a God anymore? There's got to be a place in your life that you'll begin to think God doesn't care about you. Got to be a place. And they'll keep attacking you to attack that one place that you have the confidence in the Lord. I prayed for you that your faith would not fail. Because the constant pounding of the enemy tries to diminish faith. You get tired and discouraged. That's why you've got to have enough word in you to have the shield of faith and the sword of the Spirit. Please don't be too excited in this room. It's overwhelming. <laughs> it's extremely quiet in this place. Can you understand my accent? They tell me I have an accent. <laughs> I thought I speak the way God does. It sound, he sounds just like me. <laughs> yes, indeed. So... Going right along, Jesus said, I prayed for you that your faith would not fail. And when you've turned back, when you've turned back, what does that mean, you turned back? Where's he going to? When you go through a crisis in your life, who knows what's going to happen? And it seems when you turn back, you must strengthen your brethren. Now, he was going to deny the Lord. This is what Jesus said in the same chapter. But Peter, 
Simon replies, Lord, I am ready to go with you to prison and to death. So often we have good intentions. So often we want to really serve God. We have really a good heart for the Lord. And Jesus answered, I tell you, Peter, before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. Strange thing to me. He's, gonna, he's telling him he's going to deny him when he told him earlier that if anyone does not acknowledge me before man, I won't acknowledge him before the Father. Now you're saying to Peter he's going to do the very thing that you said no one should do. He's going to deny you three times. And you've already restored him before he denies you. You said, when you come back, you've already restored. He hasn't fallen yet, and you've already restored him. Don't tell me God doesn't restore. Come on, stay with me. I'm teaching you some important details you must know today. You must know these things I'm teaching you. So, and so he, he says, and when you come back, I want you to encourage the brethren. So I'm asking, why don't you stop him? Why would the Lord not prevent it? Haven't you wondered in your life when you've gone through a crisis, why didn't God just stop me? If I'd only left five minutes later, I would have avoided that car wreck. Had I, I asked you, should I marry this guy? And I, I said, Lord, just stop me if I do something. And he just, you just didn't, you just didn't help me. And here I am in this mess when I asked you so nicely to help me avoid it. And you get frustrated. Martha and Mary, they both said, you should have been here. My brother Lazarus wouldn't have died. Why didn't you come? You often wonder why God doesn't intervene. How could you not prevent him? You're telling him he's going to deny you. All eternity will remember Peter as denying the Lord, and you could have stopped that, but you didn't. Why, why would you allow something like that? Why would God allow so many crises in our lives? We often think when you go through a crisis, you think that God forgot about you. You think God neglected you. You never think you're in a crisis because it's part of your journey. We don't like those storms, but he said, let's go to the other side. It was his idea, and knowing full well there'd be a storm, and he took a nap while the storm was on. So he didn't leave or forsake you. He promised he wouldn't leave, but he wasn't going to participate in your storm. He wanted your faith to get in motion. He's been pumping you full of the word. He wants you to put it in action. And so in your journey... When you go through a storm, instead of saying, I don't know what God's forsaken. No, just know this is an opportunity for God once again to prove himself as being the faithful God he is. You're never going to celebrate victory without the battle. You don't want the battle, but the battle only points you to the victory. You cannot have a victory if you don't have a battle. So I'm here to tell you, no whining. Let's get serious about the Lord and know that God has got, got my back. He knows my end from my beginning. He's all in full control. And Jesus says to Peter... You will deny me, but I don't want to. He says, I'm willing to go to prison for no, before the night's through. You'll deny me three. You know, he denied him three times, whereas Judas betrayed him only once. And Jesus called, said, one of you is a devil. One of you is a devil. He didn't say Peter was a devil. I'm wondering why, if you knew Peter was going to deny you and Judas is going to betray you, how come only one of them is a devil? Why isn't Peter also a total loser? And I'll tell you why. Because one is weak. And one's wicked. And the devil is so sneaky, he doesn't let you understand the difference. He keeps on bringing guilt and shame on you. Because Peter had every intention to go to prison or die, but he was too weak and he fell. Whereas Judas made a clear, sober decision, repeatedly, to betray the Lord. And so in your life, you have struggles. And the devil likes to capitalize and bring shame when you've fallen and make you feel like you're not a good Christian. He'll accuse you. He'll beat you up when you've made a mistake and continually beat you up so you feel like you have no right to be a Christian, go to church, because he wants to bring shame and guilt on you. 
Conviction is from the Holy Ghost, which gives you always a way out and a hope and a future, whereas condemnation takes away all your hope. And the condemnation is from the devil, conviction is from the Holy Ghost. Are you with me still? So I'm here to tell you that God is not stressed by your weaknesses. He resents wickedness. He's completely gracious to you if you can fall how many times a day and he'll keep picking you up. Every time you say, every time you say I'm sorry, every time you, you acknowledge and confess your faults, he forgives you just like that. We're supposed to forgive each other 70 times 7. If I must forgive someone else who's totally weak and human, why won't God forgive me that much? But yet so many of us that we've fallen once or twice and we feel such shame and guilt that we want to, don't even want to go to church. It's a lie of the devil. The devil hates you, doesn't want you to know God, serve God. He'll do all he can to capitalize on your struggles and put shame and guilt in you. And I'm here to tell you, don't run from God ever. Run to God. Always run to God. You're safe in him. He's got you covered. Jesus already prepared Peter. I've got you covered. I prayed for you. Of all the prayers he prayed, your faith would not fail because the devil pounds your faith. Every day of your life, your faith is under violent attack. In fact, the devil knows, and you, and you also know, you should know too, that you don't need a lot of faith. In fact, the disciples asked Jesus, increase our faith. And he, Jesus said, you don't need a lot of faith. You need faith as a little mustard seed. That's all you tiny, tiny, minute seed. You can hardly see it. That's how much faith you need. And if you say to the mountain, be removed, it will be cast in the sea if you doubt not. The devil knew it wasn't how much faith you had, it was always how much doubt you had that really counted for him. And so he's so sneaky, he's always sowing doubt. The very first time Satan ever speaks in the Bible, he says to Eve, did God really say? If he can just put one doubt in your mind that you really are saved, there's really a God, if he can just give you one doubt, then he's already flawed your faith. So he's pounding you every day to put fear and doubt in you. Every day you listen to the news about the coronavirus, you know, we're always expecting the worst to happen. 14,000 people died last year of influenza in this country. So they're giving the numbers of the coronavirus, but what about all the influenza people? Are you listening to me? The devil likes to create fear in you. What you fear in you will come upon you. We have confidence in him. In fact, Jesus told his disciples that a snake bite and poison you drink won't harm you. He's got a shield up for you if you'll just apply it. Are you hearing me? I believe what God says, don't you? He's brought you this far. He's helped you how many times? He doesn't compromise his word. He is true. You may mess up and make mistakes, but not God. He keeps everything he says exactly as he said it was. Am I right? Yes. And so he's got a destiny in your life. You're sitting here, but you've got a destiny. God brought you here for a purpose. And he wants to use every single person in this room. He wants to use you in your slot, the place that he's got for you. And the devil's pounding you every day, whether it's your marriage, your job, whether it's your children, whether it's your health. He's pounding you every day, trying to pump you with fear and negativity. I cannot stress enough to you how much the word of God is important to strengthen your faith. You need to know God, know his way. Moses would spend the 14 nights and days with God in the, up in, in the mountain. And the first prayer he prays is, Lord, teach me your ways that I can know you. Excuse me, you're the man that was glowing, and you, want to know, you, want to, you still want to know God? Yeah, I tasted a small fraction, and he is so much more there. I want, to, I want to know him. Teach me your ways. Teach me your ways. I want to know you, God. And if we get hungry after him, we Americans have so many Bibles with its video, audio, written every conceivable way, and we'll rather listen to country music in our truck on the way to work than to put the Bible on in the background. Hello. 
We need the word more than I bought those shoes that walked out on me. I want to encourage you, get the word inside of you. Can never get enough Bible. Let it play in the background in your trucks, your cars, your homes. Let it play constantly the word of God. It will feed your soul. When you come to battle, you're armed. You're ready to go. Because it's going into your spirit and he brings to your remembrance what you need. You need the word of God. Because we are at war. It's not one single day that lets up. Don't let anybody tell you. It may seem today a good day, but he's got something in the motion. Because he's every day attacking you. He's out to get you. Jesus said, in this world you have, you'll have many difficulties, many trials, many but I've overcome the world and we know that we have victory and we say bring it bring a devil bring your best bring your best game because I've got a mighty God who's able to do all things there's no limit to God the whole kingdom of God comes in a can not a can't God can you can you can I can I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me Nothing's too hard for the Lord. Don't panic. That's one of the pl plans of the devil is to create a fear and a panic. Some doctor tells you there's coronavirus right in your near doorstep. You panic. Yeah, and that's where the fear goes. And you've got now, you have enough faith to receive what the devil lies. Do not tell me the devil is greater than Jesus. And yet, in, the Naz in Nazareth, he, <laughs> he could do no miracles because of their unbelief. So he needed faith for himself as a son of God to function. How then can the devil do to me unless I've got faith for it? If the Lord can't work for me if I've got no faith, how can the devil do to me? I have to have faith. So how he creates faith, it's the negative image. It's the fear. What you fear will come upon you. So he'll pump you with all the negative, 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 and you'll have enough faith to receive that coronavirus or that sickness or that divorce or that loss of job or something because it happened to someone else. And we're not to receive that. Our confidence is in the Lord. Whew, the excitement is overwhelming in this air, in this theater. God is a good God and He loves you. You are mega important to the Lord. You may not feel that the devil will try to make you feel like you're a loser, nobody, no good. It's a lie from the pit of hell. If you were the only human individual on this earth, He still would have died for you. There is no greater love, no greater love. He laid down his life before you even were born. He laid it down knowing full well who you were and gave you away. And he cares about you. You cannot measure God's approval by your, your circumstances. You cannot say, well, I'm in a storm now. God must be mad at me. Or I've got parking in front of H-E-B, so God likes me now. You can't go... <laughs> You can't go foolish. That's ignorance because God is what he says he is. His word is true. You don't go by your circumstances because the rain falls on the righteous and the unrighteous. It doesn't only fall in certain places. Life happens to everybody. No matter what you are, good people get cancer, evil people get rich. It doesn't mean one or the other. There's no meaning to it. It's a very short life, and everything you do for Christ is what, it, what has eternal value. So being part of this family, I am telling you, Part of this family is the best thing you ever did because this church is going places. Spirit God's hands on this church. His call to this house is not just for Midland or even just for Texas. God has got an international call. He wants to shoot the arrows far and wide, the word of God and the effect of this family. But he's building such a platform of revival and supernatural things and, and manifestations of God's salvation, constant salvation in this area and people's lives being transformed that it will ripple effect to our, all the nations of what God is doing. We hope you loved our podcast today. You can find out more about our ministry at RenewLifeChurch.com or you can check us out on Facebook and Instagram.
Have a great rest of your day.